0: Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Uh, This is Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Brian's going to do most of the talking. I'm just the intro guy. Um, I'm an elder here, Kevin Carnahan, and uh, we're talking about elder stuff. This is um, our chance to introduce Brian as an elder candidate, and the way we do this is um, many of you know him very well already, but this is a chance for him to talk to the whole congregation, to tell some of his story, and... um, to be available for your questions at church afterwards or online or in between. And then about in about two or three weeks, we'll uh, take an official vote also uh, here. And then we'll confirm uh, Brian. At least that's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Brian um, is already joining us at elder meetings and is uh, working his way into the part uh, which is a great help for all of us, and um, we'd like him to spend some time with us right now. Brian, tell us a bit about your story, your faith story in particular. What? Uh, how did you come across Christ? What's happened in your life, and how does that interweave with Babe Moran?
1: Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, and I would say it's an honor to... I'll be um, asked to take this position as in the elder board. Um, so let me preface this by saying we've been doing some, Stacy. and I have been doing some coaching, some Christian coaching, which has been amazing for the last year and a half. And one of our exercises was writing up your story. And um, so I, I've actually written it uh, probably about four times now. And so I actually shared it with Stacey the other night. and I'm like, I'm just going to read this. And She's going, no, no, no. you gotta, you got to tell it and so <laughs> and i'm like no no and i'm gonna read it so anyway <laughs> I, I am gonna tell it there's some bullets here <laughs> as those things go thanks stacy yeah um but the way we we actually form this story is in a way that's kind of interesting because it kind of gets you thinking about lots of stories in life that happen and in, if you look at stories from creation fall redemption restoration and all stories seem to fall into that and uh, fall. But you know, they, 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 they're, they, they have that. You watch movies, they have that. And so as we shape um, our stories, as we do this in a little cohort, um, it was interesting to put that in that kind of framework. And so um, anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll share that today. Um, so I, my, both my parents um, were both from Jewish heritages. They married young. I mean, my mom was 17 and dad was 20, I think, at the time. And, um, you know, just wanting to start a family, they actually um, had three kids, and then I came along as the fourth. Um, I was born at a, a small little hospital called Marine General, right here in Marine County. <laughs> and uh, it, w- it was actually sort of a traumatic um, birth, believe it or not. Um, they, they actually, I was born, and they kind of knocked my mom out because I had a cleft palate. And it's like, whoa, I mean, that's kind of what happens back then, you know, in the day. And so they didn't want her to see that and traumatize her and all that. So anyway, it kind of started off that way, kind of on a, a, a strange um, start. But my mom always said, you know, Brian, you always look distinguished with that. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, she sure had a good word for that. Um, but um, I was, you know, pretty much a, a pretty compliant kid. I, I always sought approval. And um, But my mom felt like it was, she was kind of checked out. My dad was... Um, do, Reaching for the American dream. He was, you know, working two, three jobs. He was getting his MBA. He was just go, go, go. So I rarely saw him um, as they were doing. My mom, uh, you know, looking back, it was actually she was suffering from some anxiety and depression at the time, which I didn't really understand um, being that young. Um, they often would argue about finances and money, and that really stuck with me. And I, it was like one of those things when I was young, I made a vow, I, was ne- I will never have to deal with that because I was going to work hard and not have to deal with money being a problem. So that was kind of what my motivator was. Um, I had a, my, my uh, family, uh, my family was, you know, you'd been the youngest four, I had a sister, my little sister, she was very nurturing. She taught me, taught, uh, brought me up as like her son. And she would read to me, play baseball with me, and just really nurture me in a great way. My brother, I looked up to him, my oldest brother. He was, uh, you know, just great mind, really uh, good with his hands, and eventually became a doctor later in life. It was kind of crazy, but long story there. Um, and um, But I always wanted to be just, you know, like to make a mark of, of my own and wanted to be, you know, I, I couldn't be, I you know, I couldn't achieve exactly what my brother wanted to do and so i I was sort of feeling that pressure of um you know wanting to achieve and 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 do what my dad had kind of set out to do in the sense of um you know living that american dream and making money and and doing those kind of things so um i was also influenced i had some friends too along the way that we would do the things the dumb things you do in high school you know with (laughs) cars and girls and drugs and all that good stuff in the day of of Marin here Um, so I had plenty of that Um, and so um, talking about the pressure um, so I went off to college for a short term um, and then I was just feeling all that pressure come down and actually I found myself in a kind of a a, a depression or something, something came up and I um, I actually got so bad that I was actually put in a 72-hour 70, hold at, at a hospital because I was just kind of at, my, at the end of my rope. And, uh, man, I think they just knocked me out with something. And I remember waking up. two day, It felt like two days had passed. And I remember my brother being at my bedside, and he said – I said to him, I said, uh, you know, I've got to live my own life at that point. I just – you know, I don't know where that came from, but I knew that it was like that was something that I had to not reach out and try to – you know, uh, do what my brother was doing or, uh, you know, achieve what he was doing. Um, Around that time also was my sister, she, um, Pam, the one that was very nurturing, she uh, had become a Christian overnight and it was literally just an experience that it just amazed us all because she was not uh, the real nurturing sister I knew when I was growing up. She'd kind of gotten a little depressed too and just not as friendly to me, as teenagers can get that way. So anyway, she, uh, she had found Christ and she was praising God and she was just, you know, everything was, thank God for this. And I was like, wow, what's that all about, you know? But we kind of just pushed her aside, like that's just not working with, you know, the family and the dynamics of Jewish parents and all that, you can imagine. Um, so she would, you know, talk to me and have conversations and it was, seemed like it was going in one ear out the other. Um, and then um, I had a... Uh, a good friend, um, well, let me back up a little bit. So um, she would preach to me, and then I had a girlfriend. You know, to me, it was like I I can do it on my own. You know, I had my 20s. I was making good money in construction, doing different things. You know, I thought I could get a girlfriend and have fine love because I didn't feel it from my parents. Um, I didn't hear it from my parents. And so um, anyway, so I had a girlfriend for seven years. We broke up when I was 30. Um, that's a long story, and then uh, fast forward to 1995, um, my best friend up in Sacramento had become a Christian also, I'm like, okay, so now I got my sister, I got my best buddy, he comes down the day before Easter, um, 1995, and he, we presided in my living room just to hash it out, in a sense, because he was just sharing all this stuff, and I didn't necessarily agree with it, I was you know, had all my questions and his questions come up on these things. And, um, but he left that day, and I mean, literally five hours, and he felt really called to do this. And so he left that day, and I remember on the porch, and he was just saying, it really comes down to a relationship with Christ, you know, you know, having a connection with Christ. And that kind of somehow stuck with me. Um, and so the next day was Easter, and I remember driving by a church. This is Dominican. We were meeting back there. Um and so I remember driving by and seeing it look like a party outside going, it looked like a fun place to be. And uh back in the day, Mary Marianne, you remember. Um, or Beth. anyway, so um she so I, I went into this church and um it you know, it was a real contemporary message, not something I was used to hearing or seeing and all that kind of thing. And and uh but it was the people I think that um that came up, like, there was a man named Carl Metham, and a few of you may know, um, that reached out to me, and I felt like he discipled me in a way that, um, you know, I understood who Christ was, who he modeled, and he met me for lunch, and really invested in me, and took the time, um, to really, um, just be there, you know, along the way, um, and so, yeah, so it was like, from there, um, I, you know, I, I was growing in my faith, and, um, Despite what Stacy said not to read this, I'm going to read the last section of this <laughs> just because. Um, so this is the redemption part, and I'll just read it. Um, it uh, says, what I didn't realize was that my newly converted Christian sister was praying for me to find God she had encountered. Also, I heard that my best friend growing up, Jay, had been um, had a similar – oh, sorry, wait, wait. I'm on the wrong page here. Sorry. <laughs> Restoration. Okay, see, that's what I get for reading. Um Okay, I I grew to want to give my time and money instead of striving to make money. I began to recognize that my value didn't come from what what I did, but who I trusted in. There was now so much freedom, not the bondage of trying to please others and knowing that my life wasn't defined by my career, the importance I put on finding the perfect mate or the material things that I previously sought after, when God allowed me to see that I looked life much differently. I now realize that Jesus has been with me all throughout my life, even when I don't know it. I'm so grateful that I continue to put my trust in him every day and not myself. I've been blessed with an amazing wife, three dear children, and a newfound purpose. His presence in my life has impacted how I live my life in so many ways. My hope is to share that gift of faith with my family friends as I continue to grow in my faith. So that's sort of a nutshell of my story. Um, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. Even
0: the part you read. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. You kind of touched on how you intersected with Bay Marin. Yeah. Maybe a couple more comments on that.
1: Yeah. And
0: then, yeah. and maybe that dovetails into what's, ex- what's your passion for Bay Marin? What's your dream for Bay Marin as we move forward?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you know, I, I came here you know 95 26 years ago and um i i i was in a kind of a mode of you know i want to jump in and and you know get connected and and, you know i started working with kids um way back then and and uh you know met my wife there and um and then uh you know I, i saw a lot of things in the church we've gone through a lot of different cycles and um so uh yeah you know it's it's been amazing it's been family and that's really my heart is to see the church be family um and so um yeah so the um what I I guess for me is is there's this you know uh, last couple years we've been like I mentioned doing some coaching and, and really having a heart for disciple making discipleship and and so um because like what is the church what are we what are we doing right as the church and there's, you know, in Matthew twenty-eight talks about go and make disciples, right? Well, so what's that mean? Okay, so look, really tease that out. And so, what is it that we're called to do here? And so, um, I, I've learned a lot of lot of things, and and it's it's, you know, you can learn a lot, and there's the head knowledge, right? And then it comes down to it goes to the heart, right? And then how does that respond to the hands? What do you do with that, right? And and so, like, there's these these little um, things like something we call in up out so in like how your you know your relationship internally with God and then the out you know and then the up right so it's it's making connections with God and how what's your outward life like as well so I, you know there's all these things I've been learning and, and wanting to see um, the church just be a place where um, you come because you you it's your family and and then it's not just a place to come and see but a come a place to Go and be. So w- I feel like a place where we're sent out, and we can come back and tell our stories of, of all the things that God's doing in our life. Um, so discipleship to me and and um, is really a lifestyle, and where we can um, you know be trained up in a way that every day that we can go out and be the church. So bloom where you planted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Well. Thank you for sharing that and if you if any of you have questions grab Brian afterwards or over the next week or two and ply him with whatever you want to know about more about that'd be great.